Welcome to the Freedom House Church Weekend Message. Today, you'll be hearing an exciting message from a communicator on our teaching team. Whether you're just waking up, on your way to work, or going for a relaxing evening walk, we know this message will equip you to experience Christ's freedom today and every day. So enjoy. What's up, Freedom House? Y'all look good today. Look at your neighbor. Find, look at somebody beside you. Say, you look so much better than you did last year. Come on, look at him. You look so much better. Look at somebody else, your second choice. Say, you smell better than you did last year. Must have got some new perfume, some new Cologne from CVS for Christmas. My name's Troy Maxwell. I also want to welcome all of our online streamers. Give it up for the online crew. Come on, church. Got Florida, Georgia. M-I. What's M-I? Michigan. Sorry about that, Michigan. I get M-I, M-A, all those mixed up. North Carolina and Virginia. If you're in North Carolina, you should be here. And I am so proud that you guys have decided to give God the first weekend of your year. Come on, give yourselves a hand. Very good. You know, whatever you do first determines the rest. Did you know that? Whatever you do first, if you give God the first, he'll bless the rest. And so just imagine, just think of what you're doing today, the seed that you're sowing for the rest of your year. I don't know who prayed for 2020. Please don't pray this year. Okay? But I'm believing that this is going to be the best year ever. How many of y'all believe that? Amen. Are you glad you came to church? Hey, a couple things real quick before I get into this message. It's a good one. I heard it last service. Amazing message. <clears throat> um, this this uh, started in two weeks. I think it's two weekends. We're going to begin our seven day fast. We used to do a twenty one day fast, and the Lord spoke to us a couple years ago as as a team and said, "Hey, why don't you dial it back a little bit so that everybody can participate?" Because when I say twenty one days, some of you go like twenty one days. Good gracious, that's way too long for me to even think about fasting. Well, seven days is manageable. And what I want to do is I want to encourage you to participate. Get yourselves prepared. A fast involves removing something and replacing it with God. And so many times we think about fast, we think about fasting food. You can do that. Um, You can fast dating. Come on, somebody, seven days. You could give up guys for seven days. Come on, come on, right? You could do it. 
give up girls for seven days. Amen. Not if you're married. Okay, that's not what you're supposed to do. Okay, seven days, maybe, I don't know. Anyway, we'll leave that alone. That's another, that's a family series. I want to challenge our entire church on a specific fast this year. I want to challenge the entire church. I'm going to go to every campus and say the same thing. I want to challenge you for seven days to fast media. For seven days. Social media. Television. The news. Ooh. Netflix. (laughs) That's right. What if we took the time that we spent... You know, just flipping through social media, Instagram, Facebook, whatever your, your, your desire is, Netflix. What if we took that time and we devoted it to God? Seven days, just seven days, commit. Imagine what God can do, just removing that from your life. I want to challenge the entire church. I'm going to do it. Um, my wife is going to, I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm going to try to get her to do it. And, and so we got to, I just, I really believe that we're going to do something significant this year, and uh, fantastic. Amen? Um, Samuel Johnson made this statement. He says, people need to be reminded more often than they need to be instructed. People need to be reminded more often than they need to be instructed. Psalms 19 is a great reminder for the beginning of 2021. I want to read this to you. I love this verse. This is a refrigerator verse for you, okay? This is one of those verses You might want to write it on your mirror. Psalms 19, beginning in verse 7, the message paraphrase. It says, the revelation of God is whole and pulls our lives together. The signposts of God are clear and point out the right road. The life maps of God are right, showing the way to joy. The directions of God are plain and easy on the eyes. God's reputation is 24-karat gold with a lifetime guarantee. The decisions of God are accurate down to the nth degree. In other words, what the psalmist is saying is that we can trust God with our entire life, especially when we need a redo. And I think in our life, there's always a good time to just kind of say, all right, what areas in my life do I just need to press reset, start over? One of my friends used to say this all the time. Uh, One of my good preacher friends kind of taught me a lot about ministry. He says, when you have a setback, don't take a step back because God's already prepared your comeback. Mm. Ooh, you can preach that, boy. When you have a setback, don't take a step back because God has already prepared your comeback. Look at your neighbor. Say 2021 is your comeback year. Say it with conviction to the other person. Say, 2021 is your comeback year. See, this is the essence of the gospel. The gospel is a book of comebacks. It's, it's, a, it's a, the whole story from beginning to end. Genesis to the book of maps. It's always, it's all about a comeback story. Ultimately, the comeback of mankind to the Father. He walked around with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day, and that's what he wants to do now. He wants to spend time with us. The essence of the gospel. So I want to look at a story today. One of my, I love this story. It's the story of Zacchaeus who gets a redo. He gets a comeback. I want to look at it in Luke chapter 19. If you want to open your Bible, your iPad, your iPhone, take some notes, write some stuff down. It's always good to take notes. No takers, go to heaven. Verse 1, then Jesus entered and passed 
through Jericho. It's important that you understand that. Let me read verse 1 again. Then Jesus entered and passed through. He was just going through. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. Everybody say Zach. That's what we'll just call him for short. Zach for short. Who was the chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. So he ran ahead, climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, everybody say the place, the place. He looked up and saw him, Jesus looked up, saw Zach and said to him, Hey, Zach, make haste, come down, for today I must stay at your house. How many of you know that would be pretty cool if you were walking out of church today Jesus said, hey, I want to come to your house today. Some of you be like, I didn't clean up. It's been a rough weekend. We partied there Friday night. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, all the religious, all the people that were watching, they complained, saying he's gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Then Zach stood and said to the Lord, look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor. And if I've taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. Listen to Jesus' response to him. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house. I love the fact that the action of the man brought salvation to the entire house. Come on, men. It's a good point for us to recognize that we can change the dynamic of our house by the actions we take with God. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because he also is the son of Abraham. For the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. I've always believed that the gospel, Jesus, demands a response. In other words, whenever Jesus shows up on the scene, whenever the gospel is preached, truth is proclaimed, it ha- there has to be a response. Either you reject it or you accept it. It's a choice. There's always a response. And this story actually shows us two responses. It shows heaven's response to the lost and our response to heaven or to Jesus. Look at the first one. Is This encounter shows God's response to the lost. And a great picture of what the church should be. It says that Zacchaeus, Zach was a, a chief tax collector. Now, in this time, a tax collector was somebody... They didn't just work for the IRS. They actually worked for the Roman government. The Roman government had authority over the Jewish people, and they were hiring Jews to take money from their own people. Terrible. It was bad because every Jew that took this responsibility was considered, matter of fact, if you read the New Testament, often when they would uh, reprimand Jesus, they would use sinners and tax collectors. So there's a sinner and then a whole different level of tax collector. So it's one thing to be a sinner. It's another thing to be a, a tax collector. Like it's a whole different level of sin. Well, Zach wasn't just a tax collector. He was a chief tax collector, meaning that he was the beginning of a multi-level marketing scheme which I don't like. I don't like them. Because, you know, I mean, they're not even, real relationships don't even exist in multi-level marketing. I want to be your friend so I can make money off of you. That's not friendship, okay? That's a club. Okay, that's not a relationship. And so Zacchaeus had, not only was he stealing money from his countrymen, 
but he also had his own countrymen working to steal money, and he got a cut from them. Now, what's the point? The point is, is there's nobody that is outside of the reach of God. Nobody. This man, according to society, written off, but not God. I think this is important for us to recognize because I think we all know somebody that we're thinking, ain't no way they're going to get saved. Like, they are gone. Like, I saw them at the club last night. I left at one. They stayed all night long. The club's not even open, and I still was there. <laughs> they're... they're this, this is powerful because no person is beyond God. There's hope for any person in our life. Don't, don't ever give up on the lost. Jesus may be walking into their life right now. Maybe you know somebody. Maybe you're living with somebody. Maybe you, you have a relative, a friend, somebody that you work with that you're thinking, there is no way that God can get a hold of their heart. Listen. God will respond to the lost. There will be a moment where they'll be given a chance to accept Jesus. This encounter also shows our response to the gospel, the good news, the truth, Jesus. And listen, the gospel is very simple. I think Christians can sometimes really uh, make something that is simple very difficult. And this may shock you, but the gospel is so simple. Here's the gospel defined. Our faith in Jesus, death, burial, and resurrection, releases the grace of God for salvation. That's it. In other words, you get into heaven by faith and faith alone. I know, I know it's shocking. Because I know what we do, especially in church, we go, whoa, whoa, hold on a second. What about all the other stuff we're supposed to do? That's not the gospel. The gospel is faith by grace equals salvation. Grace is God's part, faith is our part. I gotta believe. Now the devil would love to trip us up and he does that all the time because what he'll do is try to add something to it because he can't subtract something from it because there's nothing to subtract from it. There's no conditions. All you gotta do is believe. So here's what the devil does. The devil say, all right, it's, it's salvation by faith plus good works. You gotta do good stuff, you gotta be a good person. Well, you mean, you mean I don't have to be a good person? That's not what I'm saying. Okay, that's not what I'm saying. Follow me here. Okay, follow me. The devil would love to, for us to believe faith, salvation by faith, plus you gotta go to church. I'm a pastor. I want you to go to church. But you know church attendance doesn't get you to heaven? It doesn't. You can come to church forever and still not have faith in Jesus. Salvation by faith plus giving, tithing. Some people are taught that. Well, if you don't tithe, you ain't going to heaven. No, no, no. Salvation is by faith through grace. Salvation by faith plus serve. You got to serve God. The devil would love to add. If you're Pentecostal, salvation by faith plus speaking in tongues. Got to speak in tongues. Shama, shama, tie my bow tie. You got to tie some bow ties. You don't tie no bow ties, you ain't going to get to heaven. Look, I know some people that speak in tongues. I don't think they've ever met Jesus. They're mean as all get out. See, these are not requirements. They're responses to the gospel. They're not requirements for salvation. 
their responses of salvation. See, when I get saved, I change. So let me give you an example. When I got married, I entered into a covenant with my wife. Okay, we, we got married. I gave her a big old ring. We walked down the aisle, and we got married. Now, my response to the covenant was I love her. I, I take care of her. I whisper things in her ear. Oh, you're so sweet. you hot. <laughs> I open the door for her. Come on, that's a great thing to do for your wife. Open the door. Men, listen to me. Go around today. Start. Oh, 2021 is the year of opening doors for your wife. I'm telling you, it'll change. You might even get lucky. I'm just saying. Now my wife stands at doors now waiting for me to open them. Because a few years back, she said, why'd you stop opening the door for me? You used to do that. Now, if I didn't believe, have faith in the covenant, I could have gone back to my old way of living, right? If I did, if there was no transformation as a result of the covenant, then I could have gone back to my old single life. We could have got married, walked down the aisle. I gave her a ring and said, hey, honey, I'll see you twice a month. I'll give you two, two days out of the month. The other 28 days, I'm going to live like I want to live. No, no, no. You would say, you're smoking crack, Troy. That is not called marriage. See, salvation is by faith through grace. But when my life is transformed, I respond to God with giving and serving and church attendance and, and, and loving people and doing. My response doesn't equate my entrance into heaven. My faith is my entrance into heaven. God transforms me so that I become a living testimony to those around me. Are you following what I'm saying? That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And because of, Je because of Zach's response to the gospel, he got a whole redo. I love the picture of the cross in this story. Zacchaeus went up a tree, a sinner, saw Jesus, came down, a child of Abraham. Jesus went up a tree righteous, became sin for you and me, so we would never have to climb that tree again. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ. So here's what I want to do for 2021. I want to give you three questions so you can make the most out of this year. Three questions that we get from this story. Three questions. Everybody hold up the number three. Come on, hold it up for me. Hold it up. Three. I want you to write these questions down. Remember these questions. This month, I want you to focus on these three questions. Number one, how is your pursuit of Jesus? What's your pursuit like? Jesus is passing through Jericho. Whenever there was an important person that passed through a city, when they would come into a city, the city would would come out in, in crowds to meet him. And you can see that. All you got to do is go back one chapter, Luke chapter 18. It says the streets were lined with people as he was coming into Jericho. Now, Jesus didn't do anything unless he saw the Father do it first. Didn't do anything. So Jesus, according to Luke, Jesus' idea was I'm going through Jericho. But because of Zacchaeus' pursuit... Jesus stopped. Let me ask you, is your pursuit arresting Jesus in his tracks? Does your pursuit stop God? Do you get the attention of Jesus because of your pursuit? His pursuit captured the attention of Jesus. You don't see this very often in the New Testament. I just count on my hand, on one hand, the number of times Jesus stopped as a result 
of somebody pursuing him. There's a man, a centurion. Wasn't even a Jew. A centurion worked for the Roman government. He had a servant that needed healing. Jesus was walking, checking things out, doing his deal, healing people. And the centurion said, hey, I got a servant that needs healing. Jesus said, what, what do you want me to do? I'll come to your house. The centurion said, no, you don't have to come to my house. You don't have to come. Just say the word and he'll be healed. Man, that, you know Jesus' response to that was? Never seen that kind of faith, not even in Israel. In other words, my mom ain't even got that kind of faith. There's another time Jesus was walking through the crowds. He was actually going with another man who, who had a daughter who was 12 years old that was dead. He didn't know it yet, but she was, she was dead. He's going through the crowds, pushing through the crowds, and this woman, because of her pursuit, she was sick. She had an issue of blood for 12 years. She pushes through the crowd and fights her way, reaches out, touches the hem of Jesus' garment. Jesus goes, hey, who touched me? What if our faith this year had enough action on it that when we reached out to touch Jesus, yeah, who touched me? Who touched me? Who grabbed him in my mouth? I felt power. When was the last time your prayers brought power out of heaven? That's the kind of pursuit we need to have right now. Come on, anybody with me today? Let's get some pursuit. Bob Bartimaeus, just, just a few verses later. He's in a crowd of people. Isn't it interesting that it's always around a group of people. One person stands out. How about you stand out in the crowd this year? How about your faith stand up above other faith? Von Bartimaeus is on the side of the road. He says, son of David, have mercy on me. I'm blind. I want to see. Everybody, shh, be quiet, Bart. Don't bring attention to yourself. He's like, I don't, I don't care what you have to say. I need Jesus. I need a move of God in my family. I need God in my marriage. I need God in my finances. The Bible says in Matthew 5, you're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. He's food and drink in the best meal you'll ever eat. Wow. What does Zach do? He teaches us some stuff about pursuit. Look at this, verse three. He says, he sought to see Jesus. Jesus is passing through Jericho. Zach is a chief tax collector. He's heard all these stories about Jesus. He says, I just want to see what this guy looks like. I mean, this guy does miracles. Walks on, I've heard, walked on water. I, I sought him. Luke is very intentional on the words that he uses. Luke was a physician. Great thing to do this year if you haven't started your Bible reading for 2021. Read Luke and Acts. It gives us a picture of Jesus and the church all in one. Luke wrote both of those books of the Bible. It says he sought. The word sought means to, be, to seek, to investigate, to be deliberate. See, pursuit is intentional, never accidental. It's not accidental. You don't accidentally pursue somebody. When I uh, first met my wife, we met at a fraternity party. We're still trying to figure out why she was there. I think, she, you know, she was missionary dating. Don't recommend that. We met, and I knew, man, this girl's hot. I, 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 I want to date her. Like, I, I want to be with her. So the next Monday, we the party on Friday, the next Monday, I started following her. Stalk, stalking, I think is what they call it. 
I think it's illegal now. Back then it wasn't. And, and what I would do is I would deliberately put myself in her way. What's up? What's up? How you doing? Isn't it interesting? You just happened to be here. I was here at the same time, and we just kind of met each other. How you doing? My name's Troy. Remember me back at the party days? And then all, every time she would show up, I'd, how you doing? Remember me? She's like, how could I not? I just saw you 15 minutes ago. How come you, are you following me? Yeah, I didn't say it out loud, but yeah, I was kind of following her because my pursuit was deliberate. You got to be deliberate in your pursuit. Secondly, it says he ran ahead. Zacchaeus was a, was a wealthy official. He was very wealthy, and it was undignified and out of character for a wealthy person to run. They never ran. See, pursuit is often undignified. It pulls you out of your character. Sometimes our pursuit is defined by doing something we've never done before in order to get something we've never gotten before. So for some of us in worship, it may be, it may be that we just lift our hand for the first time. I know. For, for years, it's been... No smile, because you're not supposed to smile in church. No clapping, lift my hand. I mean, if I lift my hand, will somebody come and ask me if I need something? I mean, what's up? All these people in the front row, they're lifting their hands, they're waving them, they're kind of moving around to the music. I don't do that stuff. Well, maybe you need to start doing it in order to catch the attention of Jesus. Maybe you need to do something a little different. Instead of sitting at the back, why don't you make your way up to the front? Instead of being a back row Christian, why don't you be a front row Christian? Why don't we have a fight for the front row? Amen. Amen. I know I'm calling y'all out in the back row. I saw you just show up 15 minutes late. Maybe being early could be a thing. <laughs> Pursuit. He ran ahead. He ran ahead. David said in 2 Samuel, said, yes, I am willing to look even more foolish than this in his worship. How about our, 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 our pursuit of God be, be like, man, what in the world is going on? And then it says, he climbed up. I like this part. Because pursuit has a plan. Zach said, I'm going to climb that tree so I can see Jesus. See, Jesus had a destiny to meet Zacchaeus, and Zacchaeus had a destiny to meet Jesus. Both of them, because it says in verse 5, and when Jesus came to the place, there was, a, there was almost like this, this divine mark where they were going to intersect. And Zacchaeus had already decided, this is where I'm going to meet him. And you have, to, you have to have a plan. You have to decide. For, for you know, I, I remember when, I was, uh, when we first had kids, man, it was hard to pursue God. It was really difficult to read my Bible every day. Why? Because I had kids, man. Kids get in the way of all kinds of stuff, man. They get up early. They have their own no time schedule. Why can't they get a watch early, like one year old? Right? So you know what I had to do? I had to start getting up earlier. In order to get, in order to get some quiet time, I had to make a plan to pursue God. I had to get up an hour before everybody. You say, well, I can't do that. I go to bed so late. Hello. How about you go to bed an hour earlier? 
have a plan. I can't do that. Yes, you can. It's all in, it's all in your decisions and your choice. It's up to you. Turn the TV off. Spend some time. Have a plan. Make a plan and then stick to it. He had a plan. And every time we say yes to God, see, his deliberate connection, his deliberate pursuit of God brought Jesus to the place. James 4, 8 says, say a quiet yes to God and he'll be there in no time. In other words, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Every step you take closer to God, he takes closer to you. If you think God's going to step first, you're wrong. Because it's your faith, my faith, our faith that draws him. If you want church to be better, come with faith. Don't, you can't blame it on these guys. These guys are way too good. I don't like the music. Okay. Well, you're, you're, gonna, you're never going to like the music somewhere. Well, well, somebody didn't say hi to me. Okay, we can make excuses all day long. But when you come in with expectation, God meets expectation. Expectation is the breeding ground for miracles. And if we want miracles in our life, we have to come expectant, man. I'm going to come to church today, and God's going to move, and his presence is going to be there. Isn't it amazing how you can feel so much, and the person beside you like, what in the world is going on with them? It's because you came with expectation, or maybe the vice versa. Man, I ain't getting jacked today. It feels like dead, you know, because you're thinking about what you have to do tomorrow, the meeting you had, the problems you went through yesterday, all the stuff that's going through your head. Instead of, God, I want your presence. I need you here today. I need you for my family. God, I lift my hands and surrender to you. I sing out. I may not like this song, but I love the words. You're a way maker. You're a promise keeper. You're, 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 dry, you're, you're water in a dry desert. God, I love you. I worship you. God, I I love you. I want you. And then God goes, oh, I can see him. He's on his throne just sitting there on the edge of his seat going, oh, I can't wait to get to. I want, I want to send some angels to that guy right there. Woo, send some angels. See, God wants a relationship, intimacy with us. And, you know, you can't have intimacy without knowing what someone's like. Isn't that true? I mean, you really got to get to know them. Every, every, every time you get, and I've been married 30 years, I'm still getting to know my wife, still trying to figure her out. Intimacy, because she wants intimacy with me, and I'm trying to learn what she's like. Can I give you just one example of what God is like? Just one little peek. Because, see, if we have mistaken perception, we'll have misguided pursuit. If we have the wrong perception about God, we won't pursue him. The correct way, or we won't even pursue him at all. Because often we think God is against us. We grew up in an environment where all we heard is how bad we are. You know, when a little baby is trying to walk, what happens? Fall down. Jenny's got a little baby, Aurora. She's the cutest baby in the world. My daughter babysits her. She sends me videos all the time of a little roar. She smiles. She's the happiest baby in the world, at least when I see her. Jenny tells me the other way around. And she told me, you know, today that she's trying to pull herself up to walk. And, you know, babies, when they try to walk, what do they do? They fall. But you don't do this to a baby when they fall down. Oh, you stupid baby. What's wrong with you? Get up. Go 
come on. You should be able to. I've been doing this for years. I come, you can't get it. Dummy. It's funny, but that, that, that's not how we react to a baby. Why? Why? Because the goal is not the fall. The goal is for them to walk. So when God looks at you, he's not focusing on your fall. He's focusing on your walk. That's what God is like. That, that's, that's what he sees in you. But yet we focus on the fall. We think God is all he's interested in the fall. So we come to the church, oh, man, I fell this week. I'm stupid. I'm lazy. I messed up. Guess what? All the people in your row are exactly like you. Come on, look over at them. They all jacked up just like you. Why? Because we all fall short of the glory of God. The standard of Jesus will never get there. We fall all the time. But the righteous keep getting back up because they have a perception of God who cares about their destiny. Can I get an amen? Let's pursue him. Number two question. Where do you need to restore your joy? He climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zach, make haste and come down for today. I must stay at your house. So he made haste came down, look what happened, and received him joyfully. You know, sycamore trees can grow up to 100 feet tall, about 40 or 50 feet wide. The, the branches are very low, so it makes them easy to climb. So let's just say this tree was 80, 90 feet tall. Sycamore trees grow about two feet a year. That would make this tree anywhere between 40 and 50 years old. Think about it. What if 50 years before this moment, God himself came down with a seed and planted it in the ground in that place? And he put gladiator and angels around it, big old angels, brave heart, blue face, Watch that movie this weekend, a little bit of it. They're all encamped around it because God told them, protect the seed. Came up as a little sapling, protect that sapling, protect that tree. Because one day there's going to be a man that's going to climb it. I'm destined this tree to be used for this man to connect with Jesus, my son, who will be here 50 years from now. So I want you to guard this tree. Guard this seed. Guard this spot. Winds came, they protected it. Storms came, they protected it. Somebody tried to step on it, they protected it. Could it be? Could it be? Just think about, could it be that the problems and the circumstances And the challenges and the trials that we face are just seeds for the tree that God is destined for you to climb to meet Jesus. Could it be? I know we can look over this past year and we can go, man, this was a hard year. I lost my job. I lost some friends. I lost some family members. I lost lost this. I lost that. What if God used those moments for seed for you to climb to meet Jesus? I believe it. Because the Bible says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. See, joy is different from happiness. 
way different because joy is internal. Let me say it another way. Joy is eternal and internal. Happiness doesn't last. Happiness is based on the circumstances that surround us. The people that are around us, the, the circumstances, the, the things that are happening all around us, the economy and, and the news and who's president and all this stuff around us. Happiness is based in that. But joy is founded in who is in control. And the way you can stimulate joy is the gratitude you have for the things that you do have in your life. You increase joy by being grateful. It works. I'm telling you right now, it works. You can look at those problems as problems and challenges. You'll never overcome them, and they'll always be in your past. Or you can go, I'm grateful for the seed, God, you planted I'm waiting for that tree to come up so I can meet Jesus because I believe every trial, every challenge, every circumstance is an opportunity for God to take just a little bit more control of our life, to overcome us just a little bit more, to connect with us at just another level. Habakkuk says it the best. He says, though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive tree fails and the fields produce no, produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. How's your pursuit right now for Jesus? Where do you need to, to increase your joy? Where do you need to restore your joy? Number three question, what walls need to come down? Isn't it interesting that this encounter takes place in Jericho. Isn't that, isn't that wild? You know what happened in Jericho? About a thousand years prior, there's a kid named Joshua. Joshua was taking the children of Israel into the promised land. And there were these walls so big. Historians, factual, even outside of the Bible, said these walls were anywhere between 5 and 20 feet thick. In, just impassable insurmountable. There's no way that anybody could get through these walls. And God says, hey Joshua, got a plan. How about you march around the walls seven days? One time every day for seven days. And on the seventh day, march around it seven times. And on the seventh time, I want you to shout. And the walls are going to come down. He's like, yeah, right. Like, I need a jackhammer in Jesus' name. He does exactly what God says, and the walls come down. Everybody look at me for a second. Zach had some walls in his life, a lot of walls. Think about, think about this. For him to be employed by the Roman government and take money from his own people, those people obviously hurt him pretty bad. Would you agree? I mean, think about it. They, they obviously betrayed him pretty bad. For him to, to go to the other side, the, other, the, the, the enemy side, according to Jewish people. And then to his own people, take money. Now, we know this is true because of the response to Jesus. His response. This wasn't required of Zacchaeus. When Jesus came to his house, 
<laughs> He's having dinner. Imagine what that conversation would have been like between Jesus and Zacchaeus. Who led it? Who started? Who said the first things? Did Jesus ask Zacchaeus, so how did you get picked so much money? Nice house. Or did Zacchaeus ask questions to Jesus? That would have been cool to see be there a, a fly on the wall in that conversation. But as Jesus shows up, let me say it another way. When the presence of God came into Zacchaeus' world, his response, not a requirement, his response was, hey, Jesus, I'm going to give half of my money to the poor. This had nothing to do with money because what Zacchaeus had done for his entire life is hid behind his wealth. Just like all of us do. We all have walls that we've built up in our life. Walls that, that cause, I got them, you got them. Some, we don't even know they exist. Some, some we know they're there. Zacchaeus knew that he had some walls that needed to be torn down brick by brick. And the first wall was money in his life. It was controlling him. So much so that he said to Jesus, his response, Jesus never asked him for anything, never said, hey, would you do this? No, no, no. Just because of the presence of God. Why? Because when you get around the presence of God, God will always put his finger right on the very thing that's holding you back from him. That's what he does. He puts his finger right on the very thing. He, he, he tells you, this is what's holding you back. Your wall. Zacchaeus, what do I do? How do I handle this? I guess what I'll do. You know what? I'll give half of my money away to the poor. And do you know what he does after that? He says that, and if I've wronged anybody, I'll restore to them four times what I have stolen from them. In other words, I'm going to restore some relationships because people have hurt me. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing, Jesus. I'm taking from those people. They betrayed me, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get revenge on them. But because of the presence of God, because of the sweet presence of Almighty God, Zacchaeus responds with love and forgiveness and joy. Three questions. You want to make the most out of this year? Three questions. How's your pursuit with God? How's your pursuit of Jesus? Where do you need to restore joy? And what walls need to be torn down? Would you stand with me today? Just stand up if you could. And I'm going to ask you to respond with some faith today. And I want to ask you, if you're here today, maybe even watching online, and you know that your pursuit needs to go to another level, I want to ask you to do something by faith. I want you to get out of your seat and come to this altar today. Just get out of your seat and come and say, I, I want to pursue God. I need to change my pursuit of Jesus. I need to change it for my family. I need to change it for my marriage. I need to change it for my, maybe you need to do it for you. You, you need to decide right now, God, I, I need more of you. I need you to, to do something and I need to pursue you like I've never pursued you before. Secondly, maybe you need to restore some joy in some areas. Instead of being grateful, you have been hateful. And today, you could just say, I'm, I'm going to have some gratitude. Just push your way up, if you could, all the way to the altar. And as you come, just close your eyes. And I believe God's going to speak to you. He's going to speak specifically to you. Spirit to spirit, God's going to talk to you. Third, I got some walls 
that I need to tear down. I got some walls that I need to, to I need to, I, I need brick by brick. God, I need some help tearing these walls down. I got I got walls of unforgiveness. I got walls of condemnation. I got walls of hurt. I got walls of church pain. I got walls of of of, of problems and past. Just get out of your just get out of your seat, come. Let's go old school today and just by faith respond to the presence and the power of God. And as you come in expectation, I believe God's going to meet you right here. God's going to meet you right here. He's going to meet you right here. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for your presence. In Jesus' name, I thank you for your joy being restored to people's hearts, to people's lives. God, I thank you in Jesus' name that there will be a renewed hunger. Church, those of y'all that are still in your seat, would you stretch your hands out to these people? They stepped out in faith. They were vulnerable today. They were super vulnerable. God, thank you for moving in their life. Thank you for restoring a hunger and a desire. Just like the psalmist said, restore the joy of my salvation. Restore the joy of my salvation. God, we pray that right now, that you would restore the joy of our salvation. Create a new hunger in our life, a new thirst for God in our life. You you said in your word, those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, they shall be filled. Father, we thank you as we praise you right now. Come on, lift your hands up to him and just just surrender to him. Maybe it's the first time you've ever done that. Lift your hands up to him and just begin to sing out, you're my way maker. You're my, you're my miracle worker. You're my promise keeper, God. These walls that seem so impossible for me to overcome, God, you can come and demolish them in a moment, in a second, God. You can remove all of this pain, all of this heartache, all of this hurt, God. Father, I pray you, I declare right now, God, that you would remove it in Jesus' name. Tear down the walls. Tear down the walls of unforgiveness. Tear down the walls of condemnation. Tear down the walls of shame. Tear down the walls of guilt. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, God. Just keep just keep worshiping him. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this message, we encourage you to spread the word. Share with your friends and family on social media and make sure you subscribe to hear a new message every week. Really love the message? Well, we want to hear from you. Make sure to leave us a review below. Want more Freedom House content? Follow us on Instagram at Freedom House and subscribe to Freedom House Church on YouTube. We hope you are equipped to experience all that God has for you this week, and we'll see you for our next Freedom House Church weekend message.